On May 16, 2011, Terraria was released to the world. As a 2D sandbox game in which you could mine, build, or do just about anything, it quickly found itself being coined as the 2D Minecraft game. But in the years to come, the developers continued to work on the game, and in time, Terraria began to develop an identity of its own. Now, 11 years later, they're still adding on to the game, and Terraria has emerged as one of the most successful indie titles of all time. With over 44 million copies sold, it sits ninth on the list of all-time best-selling video games. And today we're going to talk about it, and give all of our opinions why. So stick around and join us for today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 90th episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look back at one game relevant to the current week in gaming history, and we talk all about it. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as its inspiration, or what it gave back to the world as its legacy. This week we are looking back at Terraria... Released for Windows 11 years ago this week on May 16th, 2011. I'm David Casson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who lives each day in a new procedurally generated world, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, what's it like waking up in a different place each day? Well, Dave, at first it was really frightening, but after a few days, you kind of get used to it. So now it's just kind of an interesting way to wake up and say, hey, where am I going to be this time? Every day's an adventure. <laughs> yeah, sure. That. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, that'd be. I think that'd be cool. That's like traveling. If you travel all the time, you wake up in a different place every day. Yeah, that would be dope. But but like you just do it. In your own bed, I don't. I don't know how it worked. I guess. I guess in a game, in a game like this, you, you, eh, it doesn't really matter. So, what you playing? Well, Dave, this week I played some Rocket League, some more of Bannerlord. I played RuneScape and some Apex. How about yourself? I also played a tiny bit of RuneScape, some Rocket League. I think that's about it. That's not sounds like too bad. But wait, I think both of us are forgetting something, Dave. What are we forgetting? Today's topic. We both played Terraria. Did we really? How could you forget, Dave? We played a lot of Terraria, didn't we? I think we played quite a bit of Terraria. You more than me, but I'd say we played some Terraria. So with that, let's get into it. You know, the thing about Terraria, it's very easy to get lost in it, you know. Uh, like, I don't even think about it. Yeah, so. no, that's definitely the case. I can agree to that. It's kind of the thing I like about a lot of these builder games and why it's so hard for me to get into them, because I know they will consume me. Uh, hey, fun fact, little side note before we get going on the history of Terraria. Uh, did you see that Farming Sim 22 is coming to Game Pass? I did not. Yeah, now we now there's no excuse from the group. We can all build farm. Yeah, a farm there you go. <laughs> oh, man. So Terraria was created by Relogic, who was formed uh, first and foremost by Andrew Spinks, who was known to the Terraria community, the gaming community as a whole, as Redigit. Uh... Way back in 2009, uh, Andrew became known to the gaming community as one of the developers of Super Mario Brothers X. Rob, are you familiar with Super Mario Brothers X at all? I uh, can't say that sounds familiar to me, no. So Super Mario Brothers X is probably the best fan-made Mario game of all time. I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb and say that. It, it's, it's, yeah. It borrows bits and pieces from all the classic Marios, 1, 2, and 3, uh, Super Mario World, 
even a little bit of Legend of Zelda, some Metroid, um, you know, music or gameplay elements, stuff like that. It borrows from a lot of classic stuff. It included a level editor that allowed you to create your own levels, uh, which were designed to be, they, they call them episodes. You could basically release a series of levels and add your own plot. Uh, for example, with the game, Redigit released an episode called The Invasion. Uh, it featured Mario and Luigi trekking through many different worlds to defeat Bowser like normal. Uh, at the end of each world, they either went through a castle to face a boss or, or alternatively, alternatively, they could go through at what's called an invasion level, which was a very difficult airship ship stage that would also end with the boss battle, hence the invasion. As we've learned in the past, though, Nintendo doesn't really like it when someone stands a chance to make money from their their, their characters, their IP. And essentially, the general consensus is where Super Mario Bros. X went wrong is they were making ad money off the website for this. So, I mean, Nintendo shut it down. Um, unfortunately, they shut it down. But like everything else on the Internet, it's really hard to kill something for good. And if you just search for Super Mario Brothers X, you could still find it. People are still creating episodes for it. There's like thousands of episodes for it that people are still creating to this day. Best way to look at it, Rob, is it was Super Mario Maker before Nintendo actually made Super Mario Maker because it's the same concept. So, okay. But that's where Spinx or Redigit got his start, along with Blue. Um, another developer from Relogic um, and their business manager too. Um, the three of them came over from that project to this project and they started working on Terraria in roughly January of 2001 or 2011. Sorry, not 2001, 2011. You know, when a lot of people talk about this game, they talk about it as a Minecraft clone you know, we're going to find that as we go into, I'm sure, reviews that you pulled. You probably found a million that said this is a 2D Minecraft, 2D Minecraft. Um, it wasn't Minecraft wasn't its initial inspiration. There are a number of not really well-known games that are its inspiration. But Minecraft was definitely the icing on the cake that kind of helped him put it all together. That makes sense. It was originally built for Windows. Uh, it was coded in C sharp, and and I wish I could tell you that there was something like fancy or drastic or or, or special about the development, but they got to work and and they they did it. I mean, Sphinx is a self taught programmer and kind of learned it as he went along, along with the rest of the team, and. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, the more interesting thing about Terraria isn't so much its development, but what happened after its development. So originally it was supposed to release, I don't know if May is where it was supposed to release, but the truth of the matter is, is towards the end of development, the game was leaked and copies of it started to go online. And rather than people getting their hands on it and kind of ruining it for others. Relogic decided to release it earlier than earlier um, period. So it was released in May, May of, of 2011 and it, it was kind of a hit. I think it sold like 50,000 copies right off the bat, which is really surprising. Um, and the truth of the matter is, is to Relogic, it wasn't even a, really a complete game. They weren't ready to release it. It was early access if there was any early access. So in December of 2011, that's what, like seven months later? May is five, December seven. Yeah, seven months later. In December of 2011, they updated it to version 1.1 where they added new monsters, some bosses, some some NPCs, and some items. And essentially, 1.1 is the version that they wanted to release in the first place. So, I guess that's a little bit of an interesting thing about the development, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. When 1.1 was released, they kind of said that they were done. Spinks decided they had, they had a kid coming, you know, he and his wife 
who's also involved in Terraria. She's um, in the Terraria community too. Um, they had a son on the way and, and wanted to take some time off to do things with him and basically said, hey, hey, we're done. So right after that, uh, after 1.1 in February of 2012, so a couple months later, they basically announced that they weren't going to actively develop the game anymore. But here we are, it's 2022, and yesterday, in fact, the developers were posting that they are working on an update called Labor of Love, in that they're about to add some more pet. well, they're not, they're pets, they're town pets, they're called, um, so we know that that was just an outright lie. <laughs> they did take a year off, a little over a year. In uh, October 2013, they released 1.2, which added more stuff. In June of 2015, they added version 1.3, which was a huge update. Oh my! I don't even think to this day I've ever touched all the stuff of 1.3. That was that was outstanding. And then they added a fourth major update, which they called Journey's End, in 20. 20 may of 2020 so two years ago which was the ninth anniversary of the game's initial release and then they literally just did another fairly big update in a year ago march of 2021 in which they added um there always has been mod support but they officially added mod support through the steam workshop so now you can use the steam workshop to add stuff and yeah Basically, the development of Terraria has been a will-he-won't-he for 11 years because they've said a number of times that they're going to stop and then they started again, you know? Right. They also announced another Terraria game. Did you know that there was supposed to be another Terraria game by now? Had no idea. So they've teased a Terraria 2, and at one point they officially announced a game called Terraria Otherworld, which was... I don't even know how to describe it. It's supposed to be more of a magical-ish based version of Terraria. And after about, it may not have been a year, may have been two years, they canceled that. I don't know why they canceled it. Uh, the only thing that really exists for it to this day are the, tra- the teaser trailers. And they released the official soundtrack. You can actually go and buy the official soundtrack on as an add-on for in Steam. Which, if you go and you read it, the description says something like, you know, Terraria Otherworld may have been canceled, uh, but but you can still listen to the soundtrack to see what would have been or something like that. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, and now, funny enough, so like I said, they did a update yesterday. It wasn't an update yesterday. It was an announcement yesterday where they're, they, they've been teasing what they're working on. They're, they're working on what's called the Labor of Love update. And they they te- you know they did a screenshot where they're teasing what they're adding, but what they an, part of the announcement like one line in the in the 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 email or or post or whatever you want to call it says like we're excited to continue bringing Terraria content to you either in Terraria or other Terraria games. So they're still teasing making other Terraria games, and I really think at some point they're just going to be like here's Terraria two, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Unfortunately, um, though. No, I, I look. OK, so I went and I looked. Um, I have three hundred and twenty nine point five hours in Terraria. It is definitely a game I have played a lot, a lot, a lot of. Obviously, that's a whole lot of time over the last 11 years. And um I, I'm a I'm a really big fan. So with that being said, let's talk about what Terraria is. Uh, if, if you've never played it, I, I struggle with always saying if you've never played it, but I'll, I'll get to that in one second. So Terraria is basically what we call a sandbox game. Uh, it's a 2D pixel art sandbox game. It revolves around exploration, building, crafting, combat, survival, and mining. Basically, you can you can do what you want, how you want it. You can play it as a single-player game. You can play it as a multiplayer game. And it is... 
Minecraft is a very apt comparison, but I, I I hear a lot of people refer to it as a Metroidvania game, and we've covered Metroidvania uh, recently when we did the Castlevania Symphony of Night uh, series, and I think Metroidvania is also an apt comparison. Rob, what, what do you think? I don't know. You don't think it's a Metroidvania game? I mean, I just haven't... I have played a couple of Metroid, and obviously I did try Castlevania, uh, being that we talked about it in a previous episode, which you can go check out an episode on our website. Um, but I just don't have enough. I haven't played enough to really compare it to one or the other. I mean, it's it's a platformer in a sense, and it's you fight, but I don't. I feel like Castlevania or Metrovanias have more of a like progression base, you're kind of forced to go in one direction to get anywhere. I mean, I guess no, the, you do have a lot of pathing you can do, but there's still no, a, I mean, a set story, like a path. This is more of just a adventure, like building sand, like a sandbox adventure game. Yeah, but but think about it like. You can't mine certain blocks without a particular level of of pick, right? Right. So, like, you can't get to the third boss in the game until you destroy these orbs that are surrounded by block that you have to have a specific uh, pickaxe to do. And that pickaxe you can't make until you get a specific ore that's really deep in the mines and the mines you can't get down to without stronger armor. Does that, so it's all a progression in that you have to constantly find stronger equipment to get to different places in the game to progress into the next, next tier, next stage, I guess you could say. I'm actually kind of impressed because if, I think it's a really great example of a Metroidvania and I'm really not being biased about it. Like the concept of a Metroidvania is that it it's, it's all exploration. Like it's, it's an open world, but not in the sense, like when we talked about Metroid, you can't get to a certain level unless you can do a double jump and you have to find the double jump first. And that's kind of the concept of Metroidvania is you have to explore to get extra traits to open up other parts of the map and 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 Terraria plays out exactly like that, just not in quite such an obvious way. I mean, but to that like, end, wouldn't you say like the uh, what is it? The Star Wars, the Fallen Order, or whatever it is, the game. You can't go certain places till you unlock certain abilities there with your droids or whatever. I mean, to that end, it's the same kind of system. Would you consider statement. that a Metroidvania? I mean, if that's your that's... characteristic. That's a, that's a, actually a really good point. I I don't know the answer to that. It's an action adventure game. Um, I, so is this? I mean, well, I well, well. Wait, wait. So I look. I, I just really quickly uh, went to the Wikipedia page for Star Wars Jedi Order, and under gameplay, it says it adopts. Literally, this is a word in the Wikipedia. A sentence. It adopts the Metroidvania style oh, of exploration man. and progression. All right, there you go. It's a, it's a Metroid. So I have played it in a, a, in a good amount. So yes, by that, if we're that's how our characteristic, that's how we're uh, going to say that it is. Then it definitely Terraria is Metroidvania. It, it literally follows it up. Oh, it goes, man. it goes. Cal acquires abilities at certain points in the story. Each ability allows access to previously inaccessible areas. Once these abilities are unlocked, the player can upgrade them through a skill tree. <laughs> Literally. I mean, it is. It progresses that way. It's just it's just funny the way you play this. So yeah, you do know exactly what a Metroidvania is. Um, I guess I just never put one, two together because, you know, Metroidvania is just two series that I never really got into. But the genre is cool. Well, and it's so common i mean it's 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 common i guess not very common but um that's hilarious <laughs> so i guess to that end couldn't we consider games like crackdown to be metroidvania 
No, Crackdown, Crackdown, you don't, I don't consider Crackdown. I mean, yeah, you have to have certain skills to open up certain parts of the map. Um, but the story progresses it, not the skills, if that makes sense. So, okay, I guess you, the story is how you get certain abilities and things. Well, I I mean, if that's the same case, then what about Grand Theft Auto where you can't play half the map until you get further in the story? Exactly. Where does the line, where does it end? Well, the the line ends with the, the, the gateway being the abilities, you know, you don't have to develop any abilities in either of those games to open up the rest of the map. If, if, if you're skilled enough, and let's be honest, there are people that could pro- probably play without ever upgrading their character and still get to those other parts of the game. Um, in a Metroidvania, you, you can't. There, There's no... Without a double jump in, say, Castlevania, there's parts of the map you could never literally get to. If you're not very strong in Crackdown, you you could still kill enemies, but you'd have to play very differently than, than if you were overpowered. That makes sense, but you could still do it. I just thought there were certain I, abilities that you were locked behind, areas were locked behind certain abilities too in that, but maybe I'm just misremembering the game at the moment. Uh, I, I Maybe I am, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I could be wrong, I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh... Funny enough, there you go. <laughs> uh, so you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. All right, so yeah, so Atari's a 2D sandbox game, Metroidvania. What's special about it is every time you start a new map, it is a what we call a procedurally generated world, meaning the computer takes it and makes its own world. It, it, it's going to ha- be different every time you play. Now, there are what are called seeds, a seed is a unique identifier, and if you have that seed, the game will create that same map the same way every time. But most of us don't want to play a certain seed. Most of us just uh, let the game do itself, which means we get a randomly generated world, a new map every single time. Um, every single time. Rob, I guess we'll start just right here. You you and I did play this week. It's not the first time we've played, but I, I, you know it's been a while. Uh, what do you think of Terraria? I mean, you already know what I think of Terraria. So, well, Dave, I enjoy Terraria. It I wouldn't say that it's my favorite of these types of games. Being and the two D is just to me, it's it's kind of a fun quirk. It's definitely more of a retro feel. But, you know, most of the time when I'm playing these games, it's more fun for me personally to get more of that kind of into the game. So like Ark, you know, you see these structures that look more like structures we could see here in our daily lives. And well, I shouldn't say daily lives, but like I could potentially live in something like this. When you see a 2D house, you know, it's cool to see, but you wouldn't really picture yourself living in a 2D house because we're not 2D things aren't blocky like Minecraft, but I still really enjoy this. The fact that you get to build those things and have your, your character, your avatar be able to have a home there and get the NPCs. Uh, The crafting system is difficult to understand at first, but as I explored it and learned more about it, uh, it definitely made a lot more sense. And it's actually kind of awesome. The amount of, thought and forethought you have to put into some materials because this item that you get at this point might link to some item way later on down the line that you get so if you got rid of the first item you can't ever create that stronger item because you don't have one of the crafting materials that you needed that's true very true um and it it just you know it is cool to see the different biomes and things and just be casually walking along and have the ability to not only go to those areas, but actually manipulate them and build, you could rebuild the entire world as it is to some degree. I don't know if you can do all of the world, but you can definitely build, break down a lot of blocks and rebuild them. And that is a very unique aspect for this that I think is enjoyable. Um, so I, I definitely think it's a great game, but it's just not my top of my list for these type of sandblock games. So let's talk for a moment about items because you said that 
the crafting system, there's a lot to it and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and every item that you can physically hold in the game has its own unique identifier. It's numbered. And so we can actually follow the progression of items that were added to, and, and I can, I can tell you to a T how many items are in the game that you can. Now an item can be something as simple as a block of dirt uh, it can be a sword. It can be a, you know, a chair. It can be a pet. It can be um, it just every every single thing you can hold or use in the game has an has an individual identifier. Now, when Terraria first started, version one point there were two hundred and thirty four items in the game. That's different, you know, different. Uh, like I said, so items, swords, things, and stuff like that. We're 11 years into it. How many items do you think the game has nowadays? 3,000. Well, we're talking... I would say about 3,000. They, they hit 3,000 in version 1.3. Version 1.3 took the game. Remember how I said it was a really big update? Yeah. Um, it took the game from 2,749 items to 3,600 items. Um, so they almost added a thousand items with that one update. That's why I mean it felt big because it was really big. Nope, we're past that now. How many years after was that one point three again? Uh, one point three was done in twenty fifteen. Okay, so that's after so that, four years. That's after four years. So now so we're, we're at eleven. So I'm going to call it twelve thousand four hundred and seventy six. Oh, we we way overshot. Ah. They're not as they're not as prolific as you think they are. We're up to five thousand one hundred and twenty-four different items. So, I would have thought they would have just started whipping them out after that. But just think about it. Like I know, in one hand, that's impressive, but to other people, that's not impressive. Oh no, there that's are, absolutely impressive. Come on, there are fifty-one hundred and twenty-four different items that you could make or wear or find or or something like that in this game. So there's a ton of stuff. I mean, there's just there's a ton of stuff. That's that's the only way to put it. There's an absolute without any mods. I know that's the coolest part. You are so right. That is definitely without any mods. Uh, Yeah, with mods, you can there's a lot more custom stuff. Yeah. What I like about Terraria is the this. There are 5,124 things, and I doubt I've seen... Maybe I've seen half of them. I mean, I've probably seen more than half of them. But, like, every time I play... it. Take the last night. Last night we beat a boss. The boss is called the Queen Bee. What'd you get from the Queen Bee, Rob? I got a rideable bee. You got a mount, an item where you can ride a bee. I have played 330 hours of that game, and I have never seen that before, ever. There's, We looked it up. There's the, That boss has a 5% chance of dropping that item, and it dropped last night, and you now have a rideable bee. And I feel like every time I play, there is something like that that pops up, something new just something great like that to be honest with you that that's that's what i like about it um and you know you talked about the building aspect and don't get me wrong i i built some i don't know if you remember any of the maps where i used to build things but i've built some huge elaborate castles and stuff uh so i definitely like building but realistically playing through the progression of the game is my favorite because I just like, I have to find new ore to get stronger armor to get and get stronger weapons to fight this boss and then do it over again. And you just, you know, this boss becomes this boss becomes this boss becomes this boss where we played to last week. There's a point, there's a halfway point where when you defeat a boss, the map kind of resets itself. Uh, you'll get, you have certain biomes to begin with. Like you could have a de- like your map could, you, you always start out in the forest, but if you go far enough in a direction, you can find snow. A, it's called a snow biome. You can find jungle. You can find the uh, ocean. You can find a desert. Um, 
you can find what they call a corruption, which is a really twisted uh, place. And you can find all these things. And then there's a halfway point where when you defeat a certain boss, the map kind of resets itself and new new biomes pop up and new ores pop up underground and new new enemies. These places that you've already been to are going to get new enemies. And that's that's part of the fun, too, is that suddenly you're you can revisit places that you've been before and you're going to find, I mean, that's it. That's just, that's, that's exactly the point. You're going to find new enemies and, um, and, uh, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So every time you think, every time you think that you, you know, done everything or fixed everything or explored everything, this game has this way of resetting itself so you can find new things and, that that's it it's just a game that you keep doing that you, you can do whatever progression you can build whatever you want a bunch of friends can get together and if, if some of them want to go and just beat up on bosses you can do that if one person just wants to build they can build there's usefulness for the builders with the bosses you know a lot of the bosses need you can do better if you prepare for it with what we call arenas certain way certain areas that you clear and build for a boss so the builder can do that while the the rest of the people try to find equipment to beat the boss. You know, there's just, it's this type of game where I, I just feel like there's something for everybody. And the, the music is awesome. Isn't, isn't the music great? Yeah. And the music's it, pretty cool. It's like, it's just such a easy game to get lost in. It's a, it's one of those games that time just disappears. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have fun playing Rocket League and stuff like that. But I feel like I feel like games like that were were usually very aware of the time. And Terraria to me is one of those games where we could be playing and suddenly it's two in the morning and and no one noticed. Yeah, Um, no, that's absolutely true. So I I don't know. It's a Zen game for me. It's a game I just get lost in. Don't have to think about and, and can do whatever the hell I want. It's a ton of fun. And every time I play, I discover something new. And I think that's what makes it special to me and why I have 330 hours into it, which is ludicrous. So. Really like Terraria. Rob, do other people like Terraria? I would say so, Dave. We actually have had a few people who've been playing with us. Very true. Very true. It wasn't just us. That To those of you that joined our server uh, and jo- and and. Uh, and have been playing with us. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Have a little bit of a community game like that. We'll have to try that again with other games moving forward. I don't know. It's fun playing with friends. I also I also like playing it by myself, but it's fun playing with friends. I think it's better with friends nowadays. I definitely enjoy it more with friends. It was harder for me to get into just playing it by myself. That's why most of the time I had to have someone else on before I wanted to. Um yeah, but I it, I don't it's a game that is it's a, the progression of the game isn't straightforward. So I think it's a very difficult game to just jump into blind and not understand what's going on. So that's fair, but at the same time, oh, no, you know what? I I guess I shouldn't say that because even arc is kind of difficult to understand if you don't know what you're doing at first. So well, I have no um, clue. Yeah, uh most I guess most of those games are they don't really give you a lot of direction. You're just Expected to know to go punch a tree and get materials and learn from there. True enough. True enough. Well, that's that's Terraria. Terraria is 11 years later, a game that still... Oh, here's what I'll say about it before we move forward. Terraria has sold 44 million copies amongst all its platforms. It's been ported to everything. I, I actually own it on... I own it on my phone, and I think I own the Switch version, too. I've bought it quite a few times over. And um, between all the versions, it sold 44 million copies. It sits ninth on Steam's list of concurrent players, meaning people playing games on, a single game on Steam at the same time. It's ninth overall with, like, I don't know, 570,000 people playing at one time or something like that. And also, as of last week, it, it it on the all-time game sales list of like all games, all-time single games for sale. It's ninth. I find that really fascinating because I don't think it's a game that has a lot of notoriety, but.
but it has sold 44 million copies. And I, I don't understand why there's a, why, why I understand why it sold 44 million copies. I don't understand why it's not a game that people revere when it's sold 44 million copies. Cause it's not like people, when people talk about the greatest games of all time, Terraria really ever comes up in that conversation, but it's ninth on the, the list of game, uh, uh, all time games sold ninth best game seller of all time. You know what I mean? That is really impressive to know, actually. Um, it's easily the most successful independent game of all time and hard to believe that only started with what three or four or five people, you know, working on it at, in the beginning. And um I guess it's hard to walk away from a game that's been selling 44 million copies, which is probably why they keep doing the off again, on again thing. But I'm glad they did because I obviously think it's a great game, but it's just bizarre to me. That's what, how, how did we put it last week? You we put it in a way I really like because I think it's a game that everyone plays, but nobody knows. And you said it a different way, and I really liked it. I can't remember for the life of me. I could not tell you, Dave, but you could always go back and take a listen. Mm. Very true. Very true. Check out our website, numbercarlane.com. All right, Rob. Well, that's how I feel about Terraria. How do other people that didn't play with us feel about Terraria? Well, Dave, I think first up, we should look at some critic reviews. Okay. So our first review today is by Nathan Mjolnir from IGN who says imagine what minecraft might be like if it had made if it had been made with pixel art sprites and released in the SNES era that sums up the overall vibe of terraria pretty well it also explains why i just can't seem to tear myself away from the damn thing this devious little indie sandbox title burrows so borrows so many ideas from notch's game that it essentially is minecraft in 2d but it also beasts out the familiar gameplay in exciting ways. There's a lot more creepy crawly stuff to kill, and the staggering number of doodads you can MacGyver together into deadly weapons to slay them with is mouthwatering. Say what you will, there's some gnarly fun to be had in these uncharted depths. He continues on saying, After you're done customizing your character, Terraria dumps you on the colorful surface of a randomly generated pixel world with nothing more than a handful of tools and the vague sense that you're meant to build stuff, explore the terrain, and battle monsters. Though there aren't any real story elements or epic quests to conquer, the strong fantasy trappings instill a desire to adventure nonetheless. There's magic, monsters, and mayhem waiting both on the surface and in the dark caverns below. Uncovering unexpected new prizes and perils is a big part of the game's charm. He continues saying the village development aspect of the game is a clever addition. Once you discover it exists, you can throw together barebone shacks or craft elaborate fortresses that towered upward into the heavens. These are used for NPCs, which you have to get through different quests. Having an elaborate and ever-expanding home base to return to on the surface is satisfying. However, the dark foreboding underworld is where the real action is. Everything you need to make the most basic items like torches, furnitures, and healing potions can be found near the surface. But you have to adventure deep below to uncover the rarest materials. This is where Terraria's gameplay feels more like an old-school action platformer and where it really sunk its hooks into me. Digging for ore eventually uncovers sprawling caverns that are home to many varieties of creepy creatures. Giant slimes, skeletons, burrowing worms, and tougher beasties roam the dark. And they often come charging at you while you're excavating. Exploring is a lot of fun on its own, yet it's the strong emphasis on combat that's really appealing. For one thing, stopping to battle monsters breaks up the monotony of digging. Creatures also drop coins that can be used to buy shop items. There's an added risk versus reward element to combat too. Getting kills causes you to respawn on the surface with your gear intact, but you'll leave a chunk of your precious coin stash behind. He finishes the review by saying, though on the surface it looks like just another Me Too indie game seeking to ride the coattails of Minecraft success, 
Terraria expands on the familiar sandbox gameplay with a greater emphasis on combat and adventure that proves very satisfying. Fresh elements like an ex- like an absurdly expansive weapon crafting system, a broader scope of monsters to battle, and a slick retro 2D presentation make it a standout among the pack. Hell, it took all the resolve I could muster just to shut the game down long enough to write this review. That's rare indeed. He seemed to like it. I would say he liked it pretty well, Dave. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff I said. I, 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 I think it's great. Honestly, that we've already established that. No, <laughs> I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say to that. It, absolutely. Uh, we have one other critic review today, and that is from Luke Winky with PC Gamer. And Luke writes that Terraria starts like a less satisfying version of Minecraft, squashed into a 2D platformer. It ends as a terrific exploration game packed with places to discover. Floating islands, festering corrupted lands, and a huge multi-level dungeon guarded by boss monsters are just a few things you can unearth once you've crafted yourself a pair of pants sturdy enough to survive this world. Classic. Building and crafting in Terraria is simple, once you know how, but the only help you get upon jumping into your procedurally generated world is a few cryptic hints from a guide NPC. It took persistence and a lot of help from a wiki before I figured it out. Clicking on any block in the world will smash it and deposit it in your inventory, where mine substances can be combined to form increasingly insane items that you can equip or use to improve your hand-built home. Standing near a furnace or an anvil opens up more crafting options. If you've got the right gear, you'll eventually be able to craft grappling hooks, jet boots, and lightsabers. To find the materials and build the and items to build these things, you're going to have to go traveling, which is where Terraria really shines. Tunneling into a vast, intimidating cavern for the first time was horrible. How nervously I threw a torch over the edge to find out new, what new creature was emitting the awful growling noise that had made me tarnish my copper trousers. Then, there was the time I found that underground jungle full of nether hornets. Or the giant mushroom forest guarded by a mother slime. It feels like there's no end of new areas to discover. Combat is haphazard, too. There is little strategy. There's little strategy beyond madly waving your weapon at your foes. The warrior with the best sword wins. If you don't mind this and are happy to go crafting for online recipes, wow. If you don't mind this and are happy to go online for crafting recipes, then Terraria offers dozens and dozens of hours of rewarding exploration. The lack of in-game tutorial and the slow starter drawbacks, but at a low cost, Terraria is a steal for those with the patience to reach its deepest caverns. Yeah, it's patience that you need, all right. But I would say that with the critics, they seem to have loved it. Um, although, as everyone says, it seemed like a, a crappier version of Minecraft. But at the that was when the beginning. The gameplay yeah. itself kind of spoke for itself. I maybe I agree with that, but I mean now we have lore and um, I don't I don't know. Now, I mean now there's an actual boss progression. There's tons of bosses, tons of lore, tons of everything, and it definitely is. You know, they've had eleven years to make their game, and they've done a really good job with it. So, no denying that, Dave. But more importantly than our critics, I do think it's important to take a look at our user reviews. Yeah? Yeah. So let's get into it, starting with Theon on Metacritic, who writes in May of 2011 that Terraria is one of the greatest 2D platformers to come out in recent years, and the first 2D platformer to have a real open-world, destructible, buildable environment, complete with dungeons and bosses. Numerous and varied weapons, armor, and special items will keep you digging and fighting for hours and hours. And... It can all be played in multiplayer. It's like the beautiful free child of Metroidvania and Minecraft. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Nice. Thank you. Next, we have Pilcrow on Metacritic, 
who in May of 2011 wrote, I initially bought Terraria because I love Minecraft and was interested about how it would play out in 2D. At first, I thought it was just going to be a cheap knockoff Minecraft, and boy, was I wrong. Terraria really feels like a nice throwback to the retro era with its pixel art and retro music, and really feels like a cross of Castlevania with Minecraft. Admittedly, construction is a bit lacking compared to Minecraft, but the significantly deeper exploration, combat, and items really make up for it. Terraria really feels like less of a creative toy like Minecraft, and much more like an actual game. Best of all, it's only $10. Go and get it. Now. That thing has been as low as $2 before. It's a game that goes on sale. I don't know if it ever comes down to $2 anymore, but personally, I think it's worth $10. It's a, it's a fantastic game. I, I would agree that it's worth $10. No, it's, it, it's, very... I mean, it's, it's definitely worth $10. There's just so much you can do with it. Uh, so right you are, Dave. So next up, we have Sandbax, who from Metacritic, who writes in May of 2022 that Terraria is a beautiful game. People consider this a 2D Minecraft, but that's not at all what it is. Terraria is its own amazing game with much more to do. It has very fun exploration and lots of things to do. You can build, fight bosses, explore all while finding new stuff in the world like dungeons, floating islands, whole new biomes, and more. The game also has one of the best modding communities I've ever seen, making it feel like a whole new game with loads of content, keeping you engaged for hours. I highly recommend this if you're into sandbox games or just looking for a casual game to play. Well worth the price. Well worth the price indeed. $10. Go get it. Go get it. But does everybody love Terraria? I mean, everyone can't possibly love Terraria, can they? Well, Dave, as with anything in life, there will always be those who disagree. Mm. So naturally, we have to give them their time to speak as well. And with that, we have Sanchokabi on Metacritic, who in May of 2013 wrote, Let me start by saying, I've never played Minecraft. Sorry, I lost. Okay, here we go. Now then, I simply cannot understand this game's popularity or high score. I played this game for several hours, given it several second chances when I read about updates, and every time, I found this game to be an incredibly frustrating experience. The controls are stiff and unresponsive. The graphics are terrible, even by pixel art standards. The music, it's irritating. The interface is confusing and incredibly unintuitive. The activities are dull and tedious, even when you have a friend join you. These activities are made worse by the fact that when your world is generated and you pop into it, every single monster that pops into the world with you automatically hones in on your position. This means that your attempts to complete the tedious activities are constantly interrupted by unrelenting attacks from monsters that you have to fend off by slowly and clumsily swinging your large, ineffective weapons at them. Trailers and advertisements for Terraria claim that somewhere at the end of all this monotony, there is a reward of action and adventure. But I've watched some online videos of said adventure. Quite frankly, the destination does not appear to justify the frustrating journey. I would give this one point for being a relatively fresh idea, but charging $10 for this is tantamount to robbery. Even $5 is pushing it. Hmm. Okay, dude, whatever. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, even if they're even, wrong. Even $5 is pushing it. What a dick. I think it's worth the $10, but some people might rather get no, two biggie bags from Wendy's. I, you know... To each their own. <laughs> this gives me a lot more satisfaction, but not everyone. Biggie bag from B Wendy's. Good, I don't know, five to ten minutes of satisfaction. Maybe a little bit more on the way out if you're saddest, like, you know, if you're weird like that. Um, $10 for a video game like this. 330 hours and counting. Yeah, I'll take this. 
could be the best biggie bag you'll ever have, Dave. Uh, okay. <laughs> so next sure. up, we have Jay Milton from Metacritic, who in May of 2011 wrote, I got this game on Steam solely because it was cheap, and I wanted to play an old-school 2D platformer. Oh, boy. What a terrible jumble and mess this game is. It tries to be Minecraft in 2D by giving the ability to build stuff no one cares about, has clunky gameplay, stability issues, and is terribly boring. No amount of multiplayer can make this game fun for me. Also, it looks terrible. There are indie games that were designed by a single person and look better than this. This is not even a game. More like an operant conditioning experiment in pointless clicking. I wish I could get a refund. I would feel robbed even if this game was free. Wow, that guy took it even further. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I, it oh, well. Oh. But to that, we still have more, Dave. So next up for Metacritic, we have Jones R, who also in May of 2011 wrote, if you like Minecraft, you'll like this. Otherwise, this game is trash. <laughs> Old school DOS graphics. Figure it out for yourself how to play this because there's no documentation or real intuitiveness to what you're supposed to do. $10 is way overpriced. More like free to a dollar max. It is a 16 megabyte download on Steam to give you an idea of how little disk space it wastes on your hard drive. <laughs> yeah, not anymore, guy, but the concept is there, but they need to spend some time on modernizing the game to make it appeal to me. I mean, I'd say I wonder now if you would have that same review because it's no longer 16 megabytes. That's quite a long time ago. But again, this was when it was released. So, you know, at the time they didn't enjoy it. Who knows if they would enjoy it now? Love to see if uh, Jones R would ever write a new one. If you're out there listening, put a new review out. Now it's 450 megabytes. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. Super big now. (laughs) Yeah, super big. So next up, we have Mads Mirison on Metacritic, who in September of 2021 wrote, It's just boring, and there isn't much to do. The mining feels slow, and don't even get me started on the combat. It's so boring, you just swing your sword in a weird-ass way, and that's it. The building is even worse. Half the time, I don't even know what to place. The only good thing the game has going for it is the pixel art style. It's really nice to look at, and the bosses are some nice design. But other than that, there isn't much going on for the game. Oh, it's a nice looking game. The bosses are cool, but there's not much going on for the game. <laughs> yeah, here's all the game elements that I like, which is basically the whole game. But I don't like the game. Like, sure. Okay. I mean, we all have games like that. It's just not for everybody. But I I guess needless to say, I really enjoy it. You Are you going to finish playing through this run through with me? I will t- I will continue playing even though we have finished with our episode. Yes, I, I mean we got to we we got to the halfway point. We got to the point in which you fight the halfway boss. You flip the map over to hard mode, which and you basically. I think the last which, time we played, I did remember defeating the wall of flesh, but I don't know if hard mode was a thing at the time. It's been a thing for as long as I think the wall of flesh has been around. Oh, okay. So. so I've definitely gotten to hard mode before, but I don't think we played much after that because I don't recall what happens after the wall of flesh. Just uh, new everything, new ores and new enemies and pre-existing biome and a new biome and the corruption spreads and you gotta you gotta try to make it not spread and um, there's a lot of stuff. I have actually so the fourth update that was done two years ago added an end game like an end set of bosses and and new armors and stuff and i will be honest the reason why i wanted to play is i've never played the end game content i've never beat the last boss of the game which i i've heard is pretty awesome and epic and i i wanted i would i would like a chance to play through the end game so that's why i wanted to play again um so we're playing right you are what well, well i think that's about it that's all i have uh anything that you have if there are any about you out there who have not played this game give it a whirl if you enjoy sandboxing i think you'll give it a you'll you'll, uh you'll enjoy it is that like beatboxing a little bit okay just a little more 
Well, if you want to learn more about this game, I'll post links in the show notes on our website, www.memorycardlane.com. Also on memorycardlane.com, you can find links to our old episodes. You can find our biographies. You can find a link to our Discord where you can join us on our Discord and Terraria server to play the game and play other games too. We love it when people come and join us. Love it when people post uh, post me up on things. That reminds me, there was something I was supposed to follow up on and I forgot. So I got a corrected or I had a correction or something like that. Anyways, it'll probably come to me after we're done. Uh, anyway, visit our website, www.memorycardlane.com. Uh, it has our social media plugs. I can be found on various platforms as David is wrong. Rob, what is your social media plug these days? I can be found on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. Awesome. Well, this is the part where we learn, get our learn on. We've been learning the whole time, honestly. So each week we try to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as its inspiration, or what it gave back to the world as its legacy. And as part of our commitment to you, we admit, well, we, we learn things. One of the nice things about teaching week after week is we, we always learn things ourselves. So as part of that, we like to go and talk about our biggest takeaways. Rob, what is your biggest takeaway today? I think that for me, it was that this was created by a very small team. And it's now, I believe you said, ninth on the best-selling list. Yeah. So that's that's kind of huge. I mean, it started out something so small. And in 11 years, I mean... Let's name some other games on that list, Dave, and see how long they've been around to achieve that same feat. Uh, well, I mean, the best-selling game of all time is Minecraft, which also came out in 2011, to be fair. I mean, okay, that's that's one of them. I'm not going to knock it. It is a very uh, popular game. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of ruin the allure with that a little bit. Uh, because are all of them new games? No. I mean, Grand Theft Auto V is number two. Guess how many copies of Minecraft have ever been sold? Uh, 125 million. 238 million. God damn. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V is second with 2013. Tetris. Uh, Tetris. They're talking about the EA version of Tetris, which came oh. out in 2006. Wii Sports was 2006. PUBG was 2017. The oldest game on here is Super Mario Brothers, which of course came out in 1985, and it has sold across it 58 million um, copies. Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, and Yellow was 96, and they've sold 47 million copies. And then Terraria's chilling back there in uh, ninth, tied with Red Dead Redemption 2, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and they both sold 44 million copies. The original Tetris has sold 43 million copies to put into perspective. So Terraria has sold just over a million more copies than the original Tetris, which came out way back in 1989. And Pac-Man has sold 42 million copies. So, so I maybe guess that the gives amount a of time is not as impressive. But when you factor in the fact that a game with such a small lifespan, coupled with the fact that it was developed by three people with you know, the composer three ish three ish. Um, that's hugely impressive. The other rest of the games you mentioned, I'm pretty confident had some pretty large teams working on them. There were, there were three core developers, but they had beta testers and other people that would help here and there. And, and I mean, let's be fair. The, the first crew was only the initial bit after it took off and sold so many copies. They grew pretty quickly not that they're a huge team. It's still a pretty small development team and the ports have all been taken over by different developers, but it really only started out with a handful of people. So it is, like I said, it's, it's easily the largest indie game. There's no other way to put it. It's easily the largest indie game. So ever, uh, cause it, it counts as an indie game. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, I never knew that Sphinx was the developer of Super Mario Brothers X. That was my takeaway. I had I had never really paid attention to what he did before Terraria. So learning that he got his start with uh, SMBX was my big takeaway. It's always fun to learn where people come from. I mean, y'all know that about me. So yeah, 
Great. Well, Rob, before I take it out of here for the week, is there anything you'd like to add to today's episode? Well, Dave, as always, I do want to take a quick moment to say thank you to all of our listeners. It is a wonderful journey that you are joining us on for all of us, I hope. Uh, it's definitely wonderful for Dave and I. That's why we've been here week after week talking about old games, some newer, some older. But hey, you'll find out more by sticking along and going for a ride. True enough. All right, Rob. Well, next week, we're going to take a look at a game that's set in 1920s Louisiana, where you have to guide your player out of a haunted mansion. I'm not talking about uh, one of the recent Resident Evils, although it wasn't 1920s, but maybe Louisiana Mansion would allude to that. However, I am going to be talking or we're going to be talking about a game that was a 3D survival horror game like Resident Evil. In fact, it was the first 3D survival horror game, and there is a good argument for the fact that it was the very first survival horror game ever created. We'll talk about that, too. Uh, released for DOS in 1992, Alone in the Dark is a game where you basically solve puzzles and fight monsters to get out of a haunted mansion, and we're going to talk all about it. Do you uh, know anything about Alone in the Dark, Rob? I cannot say that I'm familiar with it, Dave. Well, guess we're going to change that for you, and I'm guessing our listeners too. So stick around. Uh, join us next week as we fight our way through a haunted mansion on yet another trip down memory card lane. Do the thing. Do up, 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 up.